Hey there, and welcome to the Empowered Half Hour, the podcast that's all about empowering you to overcome any obstacle and tap into your true potential. This podcast is for you, the big dreamer, the goal getter, the business builder, the legacy maker. If you want more in life, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Becca Powers. I'm a high achieving career mom of a blended family of four kids, now all young adults, and I'm married to a first responder. By the age of 36, I had traumatically lost both my parents. Personally, I've had to rise above deep grief and learn to tap into my true potential so that I could live a life of optimized health, wealth, and fulfillment. And that's why I'm so passionate about sharing these incredible stories of our guests. Our guests come from all walks of life, from executives to entrepreneurs, from high achievers to stay-at-home parents, to authors to athletes. Our guests share their trials and their triumphs and how they turned their impossible to possible. I encourage you to find yourself in the stories of our guests and together we will change our trajectories. I believe that you have unlimited potential inside you and when unleashed, you could change the world. So let's jump into this week's episode of the Empowered Half Hour and let the stories of our guests empower you in the direction of your super big dreamy dreams. Okay, I'm feeling pretty pumped. It's clearly time for some positive tea. Let's jump in the episode. It's tea time, baby. In this week's episode of the Empowered Half Hour, I bring you a lovely, tender, compassionate, and loving episode about the adopted community. Michelle Madrid, New World Library's author of Let Us Be Greater, shares her incredible perspective of adoptee and adopter. Michelle was adopted into the United States from the United Kingdom. She shares her challenges and limiting labels she faced as a child, including feelings of displacement and disempowerment. She also shares her perspective of adopting her daughter and trying to parent with the knowledge of how it feels to be an adoptee. The conversation goes beyond that. So you're going to want to tune in and listen to this because at the core of this is a feeling of rejection and not fitting in. So whether you've been adopted or not, if you've ever felt displaced, then this is the episode you will want to turn into. We talk about embracing your innate worthiness, the importance of healing and self-discovery. We talk about how when you really turn inward, you have everything that you've ever needed right inside of you. And it's such a beautiful conversation. I absolutely loved it and I know you will too. So with that, let's turn into the episode so you can hear from Michelle herself. It's tea time, baby. Welcome to another episode of the Empowered Half Hour. I am so thrilled to be bringing you today's guest because she is a fellow New World Library author and the topic we are talking about today hasn't been talked about yet. So our guest today is author Michelle Madrid and she is the author you can see behind me if you're watching on video, but it's a Let Us Be Greater book that was just, when was your release date? 
October 3rd of 2023. Just came out. It's brand new. <laughs> Congratulations. I knew it was October, but I couldn't remember the date. Thank so Michelle, you. welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And congratulations on your forthcoming book and welcome to the New World Library family. I know I can speak on behalf of everyone there. Uh, what a beautiful, loving, supportive space you have entered into. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I'm so thrilled. And every author of Venf has been fabulous. So I'm just excited to come deeper into it. So let's talk about your book. There's so much that I specifically want to talk about or a couple points that I want to talk about as we go in. And I, I love that you did like affirmations and stuff too. But let's start with the premise of the book because it is a unique topic and I'd rather you share it to the audience than me. Wow, oh, thank you. About it. Well, Let Us Be Greater is my sort of love letter to the adoptee community. I am an adoptee. I'm an international adoptee. I was adopted into America out of foster care in the United Kingdom in England. And my first mother was English. My first father was of Spanish heritage. And my mom placed me in foster care as a baby. And inside of foster care, I was given a lot of limiting labels, difficult to place, you know, the illegitimate daughter of my first mother and first father, and on and on and on. And I was, though, adopted by Americans. And then after being adopted and brought to the U.S., I grew up inside of a home with a father who struggled with alcohol addiction. Oh, wow. And so I would just say that I felt really early on in my life, even before I could verbalize this, I felt just a, such a strong sense of just being disempowered by so much that had happened to me, the displacement, the removal, the relinquishment. And I really struggled with that. I can remember... Many years after being adopted, when I went back to England on one of the reunions I had with my first mom, and there were many over the course of my life after about my mid-teens, there was a moment, and I write about it in the book, where my first mom, my mom, shared with me the original relinquishment letter. And I had a copy of it, but I'd never held the actual original letter. And I remember looking at that letter and feeling the imprint of her signature relinquishing her rights to raise me. And I remember saying to her, this hits really different, mom, holding this original letter, because I think when you relinquished your rights to raise me, I may have relinquished my rights to love me. And my journey has been trying to get back to that place of love within. And so this book wow. is really that journey back to love within, coming home to ourselves, the themes of that, reuniting with ourselves on the deepest levels, that the, the title itself, Let Us Be Greater, is also deeply personal because I'm an adoptee who was adopted. I have a now 14-year-old daughter who was adopted from Ethiopia. And when I was in Ethiopia holding her for the first time, I learned the translation of her Ethiopian name, Tibilet, which means let her be greater let her come first, let her be more than the broken circumstances of her earliest story. And that really hit me because as I was holding her, I thought, I can see her promise. I can see all of her potential, but I can't see that in myself. And I don't know why. And I need to do the work of finding a sense of worth and learning how to be authentic in who I am, coming back to a sense of true identity. And that moment in Ethiopia really sparked the journey 
And so I can definitely say that let us be greater is sort of that call to action. It really is for other adoptees and beyond that, anyone who has ever felt that sting of rejection and abandonment in their life that can really cause us to to spiral into places of feeling so unworthy in our lives and you know, living on the margins in our life. And this is all about coming back to our truth and standing in that truth of who we are and what we're here to do in this world. Yeah, I really resonate with so much of what you said and got the goosebumps and my eyes teared up when you were going through the meeting. And I'm glad that I we waited till we recorded for you to share that because it was very impactful receiving that. One thing that keeps my mind is that you have this very unique perspective that you've been an adoptee and that you've been adopted. So you can get a sense of what you went through and where some of those gaps and pains were and then potentially how to prevent your daughter from feeling some of the same. What I really like about your work too is that you're addressing the fact that as I was reading your book, that no matter what, there's gonna be this void or emptiness that you're going to have to overcome and replenish your own self-worth. So I would love for you to like talk about that a little bit because I, I was really fascinated by that when I was reading it. Yeah, thank you so much. It is quite an enriching, I think, experience to be an adoptee who is also raising an adoptee. But I think that what's most important and what I would coach anyone who's parenting an adopted person is to really understand that A loss had to happen before adoption could ever occur. So I believe that adoption is rooted in loss. And I think there's no shame in saying that. It's just the truth. Something had to come apart before something else could come together. And so our children, just as I entered my adoptive family, my daughter entered her new surroundings with a story, not as a blank slate, but with a country, a culture of origin a first family, first ancestry, first language. All of these things are woven within the very fabric of who she is. And so what I have learned as an adoptee is that it is so important to honor that. My parents didn't know that when I was growing up. It was like, well, that doesn't exist anymore. That was then, this is now. You focus on right here, right now, and you're just be grateful. But what happened with that whole sort of just be grateful narrative is that my own feelings, truths, questions, concerns, emotions got muted down. And I don't ever want that to happen in my experience with my daughter. I want her to know that the loss that she feels, those feelings are real. We have to feel things in order to heal things. And that we, it's so true. And that we have to embrace our fullest story if we're going to be the fullest, greatest version of who we're here to be, and that everything that came with her as a baby, those things that are still within her are honored and valued by me within this family as her mother. I see her and I want her to be everything that she's here to be, not who I want her to be. I want her to feel free to discover all that she's here to be and all that she's here to do. And I think that those are sort of nuances that I didn't experience growing up because my parents didn't have that sort of framework. I'm very grateful that I've done the work to bring me to a place today where I know how important that is as an adoptee. So a little earlier, you mentioned speaking to the adopted parent, but let's just speak to the adoptee for a moment. And even 
potentially the person that was rejected by their mom or their dad. Like personally, it's so silly, but these little moments are so big. Like when I was first born, I have red hair and so does my grandma. And so my mom's joke was, as soon as I saw the red hair, I was trying to ask God to put her back. And it was just like a family joke, but like that really hurt. So anyway, my mom's since passed away, but I'm fine with that now. But for a long time, it really did. It didn't feel like a joke. It felt real. So I, I'm very aware that from the moment that you're born, how you're received plays. I was reading a little bit about that in your book too. And I was maybe wondering if we could go in that direction and just talk about when you're first born, whether you're adopted or maybe you're rejected by a mom or a dad. How does that play on a person's psyche and stuff like that? Yeah, you know, I think that it even goes further back. I think it happens in the womb. womb. Yeah, Yeah, I love that section of your book. Thank you. And I think it's important to consider this. And I offer it as a consideration. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist, but I've done a lot of reading on this. And what I've come out with is that we experience in the womb what our mothers experience in the world. That we are mother, child in the womb, not mother and child. And so if our mother is under stress or duress, if she is struggling in some way, as I know my first mother was while she was carrying me, that I experienced that too. And that we can actually sense and be programmed with, within the womb, the fear of rejection. And I really believe that I was born into the world with this fear. After I was born and left in foster care, I lost a considerable amount of weight. And the doctors in my foster records said, oh, everything was fine. But that's not possible. I was a baby who knew innately that she was losing her mom. And I think that loss of weight right after I was born was my attempt before I could verbalize things to process this sense of grief that I was experiencing inside of my very young self. And so I think what happens in the womb and right after we enter the world does matter because we can feel that sense of rejection, a sense of somehow maybe being not wanted, not fully embraced into the life that we've been given. And that programming can cause this domino effect of how we feel about ourselves, how we show up in our lives or don't show up in our lives, how we engage in relationship, whether that's romantic or platonic, the dreams that we have, there can be just a sense of not being worthy of what we are innately worthy of. But moving through those limiting beliefs and those thoughts and those sort of behavior patterns that really are all rooted in a survival mechanism of staying safe is really key for adoptees and Oh my goodness, anyone who has experienced that very early on rejection or sense of maybe just not being enough. It's a very painful thing. Yeah. You know, you've had a couple things that really resonated with me. This connection from our innate worthiness, but specifically you had mentioned rejection. Mm. And it's interesting because even though I had a mother who loved me and all that stuff, that thought, just that one sentence that joke ruminated over and over again in my head. And it did give me a sense of being an outcast, of not maybe fully fitting in. 
And as I've done, you know, I'm a Kundalini yoga teacher too. So there's two things that I want to share, but as I've done my certifications and shadow work and trauma and Kundalini and all this stuff, when I did my own work, rejection was my number one, like shadow quality. And I just wanted to like reinforce that for the listeners too, is that there's a theme happening in this conversation. So if you are resonating with what we're saying, just know that you're not alone. Yeah, I'm so grateful that you said that because the fact of the matter is adoptee or non-adoptee, there are about a million gazillion ways that we can feel in this life rejected and shattered by that rejection and on the floor. And so I like to think that what I do offer in this book, not only for adoptees, but can also meet a non-adoptee along their own journey of healing. If they have felt that sort of bitter sting of rejection or just not being fully embraced, not enough by parent within family structure or the myriad of other ways we can find ourselves feeling rejected in this life. Yeah, I know that's really beautiful. Pausing the podcast for just a second because I have something so cool that I want to share with you. Are you a personality test junkie like I am? I know that I have taken everything from human design to Gallup strengths to DISC to Enneagram, you name it, I'm taking the test. And my love for personality tests has turned into a work persona type quiz for you guys. I have spent the last 20 years leading in corporate America, Fortune 500 organizations, and I have learned a thing or two about the different personality types. So This quiz has the outcomes into four primary types, the sage, the superwoman, the savvy, and the supernova. Which one are you? You're going to have to take the quiz and find out. But each unique work persona has its own set of setbacks, its own set of strengths, and I'm all about amplifying those strengths. So I want to get these results into your hands so you can leverage them for your success. You can find the quiz on my website, but it's at beccapowers.com forward slash links, L-I-N-K-S, beccapowers.com forward slash links. And it's the first button on the top. It's called Work Persona Type Quiz. Go ahead, take the quiz, enjoy. And if you want to take it one step further, let me know your persona type. Anyways, let's get back to that show. It's tea time, baby. There was another thing that you said that I wanted to continue the conversation on too, is that this whole womb part of the experience and in Kundalini Yoga, it's taught that the soul enters the womb on the 120th day. And I always thought that was so fascinating, but I've really never been in a position to have a conversation around it. So when I read your womb work, I was hoping that we would be able to talk about the womb. But I really do believe that the baby and the mother get connected there. And what the mother is experiencing, the baby also experiences. And I think that's also just a conversation that's not said out loud a lot. And it is really important as we have all these listeners tuning in right now that there is a woo-baby-mom connection that's taking place. And There's the positive side of that. If you haven't had kids yet, or if you're still going to have some more, you can be very conscious around that. And then there's the other side too, whether you were adopted or had a sense of rejection or stuff, you can just know that this has been with you a long time. And 
Michelle was saying, you have an innate worthiness to you. And I would love for you to continue off of what I'm saying, but you do have an innate worthiness in you. There is nothing that makes you less than just because you're the conditions you were born into were less than ideal. So I don't know what you want to say off that, but I just felt it was important to talk about. Well, it's so good, Becca. I mean, that's so good because our circumstances do not identify us, that those broken places can't define us unless we allow the limiting beliefs and the limiting thoughts to take root and grow all over us and imprison us in some way. When you think about it, I had so many limiting beliefs about my story and what that meant for my own innate worth. The thoughts that I had, which are the building blocks of our beliefs, beliefs are the thoughts that are on repeat. We think them repetitively and consistently over and over again. And then it just becomes the way we see the world and it becomes the way we see ourselves. And so I think getting back to that sort of womb work, like you're talking about the soul, I want to look that up, the soul entering uh, on the 120th day. That's fascinating to me. So thank you for sharing that. But I think it's really about getting back to the essence of who we are and seeing ourselves not defined by these circumstances and understanding that we don't have to a push to achieve in this world in order to prove our sense of worth. And I think that happens when you feel that sort of innate sense of unworthiness. Something happened in my life. Oh, it must have been me. Like I used to think, I don't know what I did to make my parents leave, but I had to have done something because why would they go? And so I carried out this relentless campaign of shame and self-blame. And I was just brutal to myself with my thoughts and my words. And then at some point I realized, wait a minute, I had a life coach who said to me, Michelle, if you just sat in the chair that you're sitting in right now and did nothing more for the rest of your life than sit there and breathe, you would be enough. And it really wow. hit me because obviously I'm not going to sit in one chair for the rest of my life and just breathe and that's it, right? But what she was saying was it rang on such a beautiful, true, pure level that I am enough because I'm here. I'm this soul moving through this life in this physical experience. I'm here to learn. I'm here to move through the limiting beliefs and bust through those things so that I can truly live my life soul forward in a way that is of essence. And what I mean by that is just the pureness of who I am. And I I had an adult adoptee a few months ago, gentleman who reached out to me. He said, you know what? I'm in my fifties. And he listed off all of his successes in his career and in the sports that he is very proficient at doing and everything. He said, I can tell you what I am, but I cannot tell you who I am. And I think it may have something to do with me feeling rejected in my life and this sense of needing to prove who I am. And so I think that's the question. We often, as achievers, for instance, I'm an achiever. I, I, you know, right. I want to check off all the, well, I, this is what I am and this is what I am, but I want to know who I am. And I think when I really started looking in the mirror and saying, who are you? Who are you? I want to know. I want to really know this woman that I'm moving through this life as, right? I, I want to be her own best friend and I want to honor her and fill her up. And I want to put her first so that I can By doing that and filling myself up to overflow, I can be an extension of the goodness and the sense of self-love that I have for myself. And surely that's going to touch everyone and everything that I do. 
And so I think it is getting to the who am I? I really want to know instead of what am I? And allowing yourself to really dive into this truth, not just fact, but truth that you are enough as you are because you have breath, right? Because you have breath, you have promise. Lean into that. Oh my gosh. I, because you have breath, you have promise. Listeners, that is such a beautiful one-liner that I hope you're receiving because Michelle's absolutely right. Just because you're breathing, you have promise. Just because you're breathing, you are worthy. Just because you are breathing, you are enough. And I, Michelle, really loves the angle of your work because it feels so genuine and authentic and tender, but yet powerful and transformative. And thank you for putting your work out there because I, I'm, I'm receiving it and it just feels beautiful. I'd love to ask you, again, who's this from you, but why are you so passionate about this work? Well, I, I think there are too many people out there in the world who feel so bruised by rejection and that sense of just not being enough. And I want to think that I can do my part to help them. Truly, I like to say this, but come home to yourself. Think of it as that light that's on the front porch and you're being directed back to that inner light within yourself and that place where that feels so familiar and so true because it's who you are. And beyond that, far too many adoptees have suffered, I think, over the decades in silence, not openly able to express their feelings, their emotions, their sense of loss and the validity of grieving that loss. Adoptees are four times more likely than non-adoptees to unalive themselves. And that is the truth of what we're looking at. And so we must, not just as an adoptee community, but as human beings on this planet, get to a place where we feel safe and safely held to express the truth of our experience, whatever that looks like, to share our perspectives and to truly get to those places of loss within us, those places where we feel disconnected from our power because we've been at some point disconnected from a sense of worth and plug back into those places. I think that's how we heal humanity. I think that's how we heal the planet. We got to move into a new age of plugging back into our truth, therefore plugging back into our own personal power and doing the work we are uniquely assigned to do while we're here. I couldn't agree more with that. I'm filled with goosebumps, but I am just a huge advocate that we are all born with a unique set of gifts, strengths, talents, obstacles to overcome. And for my own journey, I didn't really get to see the value and the beauty of myself and my gifts until I was able to look at what I've been through a more compassionate lens. Yeah, absolutely to hold yourself tenderly, to have a, that space of self-compassion and to really look at your life experience, not, I like to say scars, flaws and all. I want to look at all of it and yes. hold myself tenderly and, and to truly understand that the obstacle is indeed the way. Without those moments, it's that saying life happens for us and not to us. That's hard sometimes to get at because a lot of times life happens, feels like it's really happening to me. But how might it be happening for me? How might this be here to teach me something I need to know, to show me 
a different way forward to grow me into the person that I'm here to be. And so if we can look at life as this was hard, but it happened for me, not to me, then everything in this life is gift. Everything, yes. even the hardest, yes. darkest moment can be gift if we're willing to see it as such. And I think that's how we shift sort of our lens. Let's be honest. Sometimes we do need to shift the lens of how we're looking, you know, what we're looking at our life experiences as. But, and and what you said, though, is doing that tenderly and with compassion is so key. So thank you for saying that and sharing that. Yeah, it's beautiful. And, and you're welcome because it, it comes from a very, for me too, just a very real place because in my own personal journey, rejection was the thing that I was most trying to avoid. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, I most set out, guess what? Acceptance and validation. And every time I did, I might have been an excellent achiever. I have gold stars, awards, MVPs, all these things. But each time I made a move to get a pat on the back, I left a part of me somewhere else. Mm -hmm. I had to do a reclaiming of myself because I actually worked myself into a physical breakdown is my story. But I love that this conversation of rejection has come up because I think it's like that hidden quality that a lot of us try to avoid. Yeah. And how do we do that? Let me be perfect at everything. I was a chronic people pleaser and it's one of the pain points yes. that I write about in the book. I learned over time that chronic people-pleasing, it's self-abuse. When I'm hurting myself in order to make someone else happy, that's not a good trade at all. But we do that because the fear of rejection is so biting so at our fine. heels, yes. right? And so how do we stay safe? It's the survival mechanism. It's fight or flight. How do I stay safe? Well, I need to please this person. I need to please. I was so afraid that if I didn't please my adoptive mother, I would be sent back somewhere. It always loomed around in my head. That's that fear. And so I just wanted to make her happy. But so often I didn't make myself happy. And then guess what? Then I felt really bad about myself. And then the, the belief that, okay, there you go again. I'm just not enough because I still feel really bad about me. So I don't even trust my own decisions. And it's just a domino effect. And it so is. coming it back is. to that place of honoring yourself first, the honoring of self is really important. That doesn't mean that you don't show up for those you love. But it does mean that you also show up for you and you and should, five. right, right. And we've got to love ourselves in that way too. If we don't love ourselves, how can we give to others what we have yet to receive? Yeah, you're absolutely right. That was so beautifully said. And I'm sad because we're at the 30 minute oh, work and I feel like going. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love you. You're I, know, I love you. <laughs> we can keep going. But I would love for you to share with the audience how can they find your book? How can they find and follow you? So, Michelle, the Thank future. you. com is my website. You can learn more about. My new book, Let Us Be Greater There, and it's available anywhere books are sold. And you can come connect with me on Instagram. That's where I hang out the most, at the Michelle Madrid. I would love for you to come and, and join my community and join the conversation and just be a part of this. I think this evolution of As plugging back in. I just want to help people plug back into their power. And here you are doing that. Empower 
It's yes. so important. What a dark place we can feel that we're in when we feel disconnected from that. Again, I'm going to say it again, which is innately ours. And that's our power. And to own that is transformational. And that's when I think things really start to shift in our lives. And we begin to say, yes, I can own my power. And with that comes healing and living out our truth and authentically stepping into our life each and every day, doing the work daily that we need to build those muscles. Yes, it's work, but there's nothing like it because when you feel that empowered and alit, you can do anything. You really can do anything, but you'll do it from a place of authentic self. And that's the difference. Yes. <laughs> I just had to give you a clap. Well, out. Thank you. <laughs> it's so good. It is so good. Yeah, exactly. I'm so hard. back to you too. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Michelle, oh for coming on the Empowered Half Hour. Thanks for tuning in to the Empowered Half Hour, the podcast where we bring you empowering stories to help you overcome any obstacle and tap into your true potential. I'm so grateful to our guests for sharing their stories and inspiring us to let go of limitations, reconnect with our radiance, and soar into our success. Remember, you're capable of achieving great things. And when you unleash your unlimited potential, your whole world will change in the most unexpected and magical ways. If you enjoyed the Empowered Half Hour today, please give this post some love and leave us a review. You can also spread some positive tea today by sharing these episodes with your friends because empowered people empower people. Oh, and one more thing before we wrap up, grab your phone, unless you're driving, (laughs) grab that phone, open Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook, whichever one's your fave, Search for at Becca Powers 1313. That's at Becca Powers 1313 and connect with me for daily empowering thoughts. You can DM me questions or just follow me for all things Becca. If you're driving, all that info is going to be in the show notes. Thanks for listening. And until next time, live empowered. Empowered.